0: The big challenge is this, how are investors like us, who are not backed by a billion dollar hedge fund, who are investing money from our own pockets, how do we buy, sell, and invest in the properties we believe in, yet still make a profit without risking all of our own money? That is the challenge. In this podcast, we'll give you the answers. My name is Nate Armstrong, and welcome to The Social Media Blueprint. All right. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, the Social Media Blueprint podcast. Today we are covering why military members excel in real estate investing and particularly why they're excelling inside of the Social Media Blueprint. Okay, so we've got some active member military folks in our program and we additionally have a lot of veterans in our program. And so we went on this little case study. We noticed a common thread. Number one, they are kicking butt and taking names like they're doing better than a lot of the folks in our program. And even with zero experience coming in, so we had to do a, our own miniature case study to figure out what's going on, why is this happening, and we're gonna unveil those results today. We're gonna be covering some of the topics that we figured out, like the real commitment of a serviceman or service women, a veteran, on their, that they believe service is a virtue, okay? The other one that we're gonna be covering is that success is built on habits, not talent, okay? The other thing we're gonna cover is that there is an optimistic mindset and habit, optimistic, like always forever positive thoughts with most folks that are veterans or active duty military. And we're gonna be covering those and we're gonna be covering and unveiling why they are doing so well inside this program and so well in real estate investing in general. Okay, cool. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Number one, service is a virtue, is a number one like motto, so to speak, of military members. Think about this. Who on earth, besides Jesus Christ, who died for the sins of the world, who on earth besides him is so committed to something, to a cause, that they would lay down their own life? Military men and women, veterans, they're the only folks I know that would literally lay down their own life in service for other people wow why is that important well number one when you start working with sellers and you start going on site with them or even if it's by phone right now we're doing a lot of them by phone but if you go on site with a seller and you truly show up to serve them first not get selfish not get greedy not try to buy a house for a dollar and take advantage of anybody i'm not talking about that kind of stuff if that's the mantra that that goes through anyone's mind we would definitely wouldn't want to work with them at all We want to go in with a service mindset. We want to serve them first. And when you go in with that mindset, what happens is the seller can feel it. They completely open up to you. They tell you everything. I have a seller right now that she's told me everything about her life. And I remember a handful of years ago, I got this one seller that literally, his name's Chris, sold this house to me in Woodbury. At the closing table, he says, Nate, you know, I had an offer for 10 grand higher than yours. And I also had another one that was supposed to be coming that would have even been higher than that. And I said, Chris, why did you take mine? Why'd you go with me? And he said, Nate, because you you just felt right. You're letting me come back with my sisters. See, this is an estate situation where his mom had died. It was his, his childhood home and he had inherited it through the estate. And for him and his sisters, he was trying to sell it and kind of move on. And, and I had promised him that we would allow him to take as much time as he wanted to clean out mom and dad's stuff. Anything left over, we would donate to the Salvation Army. And additionally, they could come back and take pictures after we were done with the renovation. And he said that back to me. He said, Well, Nate, you did these things, these three things, and it meant more to my sisters and I than the money itself. And I said, Wow, Chris, thank you. Thank you. And I just remember that Like Chris taught me a bigger lesson that day than many of the deals I've ever done. Chris taught me so much. Thank you, Chris. I hope I get to reconnect with you someday. We actually did get to reconnect when we finished the renovation. We actually didn't do the renovation. I wholesaled that house to somebody else. But as part of the wholesale agreement, we had the the buyer sign that they would allow us to come back and take pictures with the original family and they were all for it. They loved it. And I remember when we walked the house with the sellers, one of the sisters, she was crying. She was in tears and she said, this is how mom and dad had it when dad was alive. And that was really cool. Well, here's the thing. Chris taught me that sellers can feel you. They 100% can. And I believe that a big reason that our veterans in this program kick butt and take names as real estate investors is because they put service first. Service is a virtue for them, okay? Now, interesting stat, and I'll put this down in the show notes. If you go to nationalservice.gov, you can see the breakdowns or the, the makeup of who volunteers in this country. And you're probably not gonna be surprised since we're talking about our veterans, you're probably not gonna be surprised that up to 42%, it's broken down state by state, every state's different, but up to 42% of veterans volunteer every year. Imagine that, that's almost half, almost half of the veterans volunteer. Now, when I go through and I think about like, Almost any segment of the population, I try to think, like even my own group of friends, out of five friends, do half of them volunteer? No, out of five friends that I can think of right now, one volunteers, the other four don't. And it's like that across most different breakdowns in the country, and yet our veterans and our active duty military folks, they volunteer more. So service is just part of what they do. It's so, so good. Now on this whole service concept, I remember like if you try to go in and do anything for yourself, it usually backfires like if you're not trying to make a, a win-win or make the world better in some aspect or some degree usually it backfires I had a backfire on me I had a big rehab project out in Maplewood Minnesota and I was tight on the budget like so tight and my contractor came to me and said Nate we've got to do one thing we've got a, a leak down in the basement and that leak down in the basement it's got to have to be addressed and I think that we're gonna need to dig deep and put in some kind of drain tile system for this And I'm like, no, 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 we we don't have to do that. There's gotta be a better solution. What about grading? And so we went back and forth on it and he's like, well, I'll do it if you want me to, but I really think you're just gonna have to make this house a better house for the next buyer. Like even if you can't make profit on this one, you're just gonna have to do it. Those words went through my ear and I'm like, not make profit, no, no. And I said, no, let's do the simple fix. So we tried a band aid. we did grading. That was 1400 bucks. Guess what, that didn't do a darn thing. We extended the downspouts and the gutters try to make them a little bit bigger to catch more, and unplugged one of them. That was another eight or nine hundred bucks down the drain. Didn't do a darn thing. Eventually we had to come back to the idea of drain tile, and I finally gave in and I'm like, okay, fine. And then wouldn't you know it, this is where the world got me back. (laughs) He dug in, he busted under the concrete, got under the house, and he started to do a regular drain tile and then discovered that there's actually a spring, a freshwater spring under the house. So regular drain tile wasn't gonna cut it. So my drain tile budget just doubled all of my profit margin and then some is now gone. I got my butt kicked. Now, if I would have just listened to him in the beginning and it would have taken the advice of, hey, let's go down and let's put in drain tile first, I would have saved myself almost three months Of dilly-dallying okay and in the world of renovations like three months that's a lot of money that's you're talking at least a few grand a month and all your carrying costs so that's probably nine grand worth of costs that I added to the whole equation just by dilly-dallying but because I tried to serve myself and not serve others I got my butt kicked and butt handed to me that's life though right so I learned (laughs) I learned service is something we have to have as part of this business we need to serve other people first especially when you're sitting down with sellers. And that's a big part of the reason why I believe that our veterans are kicking butt and taking names as successful real estate investors. Okay. Next segment in this I want to talk about is that success is built on habits, not talent. There's this quote from Aristotle. This quote goes like this. Aristotle said, excellence is an art won by training and habituation. Or to make that word shorter and easier, it's, Excellence is an art won by training and habit. That's what Aristotle said. Okay, to further convey that point, you've gotta know this book by Daniel Coyle called The Talent Code. Now, The Talent Code goes like this. The Talent Code, Daniel goes around the world, studying and trying to figure out why and where talent comes from. So the first, the myth that's out there is that talent is something that we're born with. Well, he goes out and just basically does this exploration to figure out where it comes from. And he goes to Brazil. Brazil because the best soccer players in the world come from Brazil. He goes to Russia because some of the best tennis players in the world come from Russia. He goes somewhere else, I think to China, for the best pianists in the world to see why the best pianists come from there. He goes all around the world and studies different people from different places wherever the hot spot of talent comes from. And then what he publishes in the book, his findings are amazing, like I highly recommend reading this book, but he publishes that it's not that any of these folks, not just athletes or musicians, but like folks, academics, the whole spectrum, none of them were like born with this talent. What happens is that they train really hard, like literally, The folks in Brazil, these soccer players, they come from favelas, which is another word for ghetto. And it's really poor parts of town where they don't have big soccer fields or big parks and stuff like that, green grass. They play in parking lots that are tiny confined spaces and they can't afford a real like soccer ball. So they make these homemade balls that are made out of this big hunk of rubber that's heavy. And so these kids play so hard and like the only aspirations that they have to lift themselves from this Fabella type environment is the soccer players that they've seen that have become their heroes. So they go out there and they play every single day and they work really hard. And so when these kids move from that confined tight environment where they're practicing their guts out, trying to move this giant heavy ball in a confined space, when you put them for the first time on a wide open grassy field with this super light ball and with people that haven't practiced as hard as they have, they dance circles around them. They can literally go circles around most of the soccer players that haven't come from that environment because the ball's lighter, they've got so much more space. They're used to being in this confined. Tra- well, the other thing that's happening is that their skill sets, their muscles are being defined. Not just the physical muscles, but the neurons. Hey, cold calling? can't stand direct mail wish there was a way to have sellers coming to you instead of having to chase them down now there is it's called the social media blueprint and you can get it absolutely free when you go to www.socialmediablueprint.com podcast Inside of our brain, when we're sending signals back and forth to different parts of the brain to make different movements happen, like let's just say it's kicking the ball or shooting the ball, you have to have this connective tissue that's called myelon. M-I-L-A-N, myelon. This connective tissue, think of it kind of like a thread that goes around this firing synapsis between the two neurons. This thread, the first time you do something, you might have one thread. The 50th time you do it, you have 50 threads. The 10,000th time you do it, now you've got 10,000 threads connecting that fired synapses so tight that you can do it faster than anybody else can do. Your brain's communicating much, much faster because of all the myelin. It's like a muscle that you worked over and over again to make it big and strong. And that myelin is so strong in the areas of these talented people. But the talent wasn't something they were born with. What he proves in this book is that the talent, the talent code, that's the whole premise of the book, it's not that we're born with this stuff, it's that that we work really hard for it. The same thing with these tennis players. They come from one region of the world and they work so much harder and they develop this muscle in their brain to make their synopsis fire faster. It's impressive. I recommend getting a copy of that book. And who better in the world than our military men and women, the veterans. Veterans and active duty folks, like they have habits like no other. They work so hard from literally the simple things like keeping boots shined and beds made, all the way up to the complex things like what to do in a battle situation to protect your buddy that's to your right and left. Like they train so hard, they've got the best habits in the world. And so when I see this, like it doesn't shock me that our military men and women are performing the best in this program. Like they perform as real estate investors. My hat is off to them. And if you are an active, duty military man or military woman, or if you are a veteran, I completely salute you. I just wanna honor you for a second. Thank you for your service. If there's anything that we can do as a service to you, we would love to, we'd love the opportunity to help you. This goes for our veterans and our active duty, military men and women, and then also, if there's other folks that are listening to this, we've got, I've compiled literally everything that we're doing right now to help real estate investors get real estate deals, what we're doing right now, I've compiled it over at socialmediablueprint.com podcast. It's a video, it's put up right now, it's like 50 some minutes. You can watch it, you can see exactly what we're doing right here, right now. So if you're a real estate investor or you're someone that's trying to really make real estate investing take off, and you need a little boost, I'd highly recommend jumping into that training right now. It's socialmediablueprint.com slash podcasts. It's quite incredible, okay? Next, here's what we're gonna cover. I wanna cover the optimistic spirit that the folks that I've encountered from the military have, okay? The optimistic spirit that they have comes from the training that they've been through. They've been there, done that, okay? I had this boss when I used to work at Target Corporation named Jeff, and Jeff was a retired Lieutenant Colonel from the Marine Corps. This guy had like been there and done that and then some, like he was a high ranking dude. Three weeks into his transfer, like he got transferred there, and three weeks into it, he became my boss. And. I was in charge of the building maintenance and upkeep and conveyor systems and all the stuff to make the functional stuff work in the building. And I had a team of guys that helped support everything. And well, one day the main conveyor system broke, like went down hardcore. And the guys called me and they're like, Nate, this is not good because we don't have this part, we're gonna either have to custom make this part or we're gonna have to special order it and they're gonna have to like airlift it in. (laughs) This is serious, okay? And when the conveyor system's down, this means hundreds, hundreds of people are out of work. Okay, I worked at target.com. Internet orders were coming in nonstop every day, all day long, and you gotta get the orders out. And if you don't have a conveyor system to take the product from one part of the warehouse to the other part to ship it out the door or to let people pack it and ship it out, then they're out of work. That's what it boils down to. And so I'm getting managers, my peers from around the building are calling me saying, Nate, the conveyor system, I'm like, I know what's down. They're like, it's not looking good. What do I do? What do we do? We've got 50 plus people in my department and then hundred over here and hundred over there. And we don't know what to do. And everyone's panicking, okay? So I figured, I better go report this to my boss. Even though he's newer in this position, I gotta go report this because this is gonna shake the whole building, okay? If we're sending a bunch of people home, we better go talk. And so I go up there and I'm a little, (laughs) I'm a little bit overwhelmed, okay? And I just start dumping on him. I kind of puke, I didn't literally puke, but I kind of just puked everything on I'm like, Jeff, the conveyor system's down, blah, 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 this, that, blue, I just laid it all out on him. And then he looks at me and he says, okay, is anybody dying? I said no. Did a grenade go off? I said, no. Is anybody at risk right now? And I said, no. He's like, okay, we're gonna be fine. In just this cool, calm, and collected approach, he said, we're everyone's gonna be fine. I'm just blown away. And he just made me feel comfortable and at ease. And I remember that you could just tell that this guy had been through so much leadership experience that it didn't really phase him in a hard way or a bad way. Instead, it just he just kind of took it in and he said, you know what, life's gonna be okay. He had this forever optimistic attitude, life's gonna be okay, let's just get through it and let's keep moving. And I was so impressed by that. And then we started putting together a plan and life went on. You know what, nobody did get hurt, he was right. And instead, we thought with a clear head and we came up with a plan and we got the plan executed, okay? Now, I got this other member, a veteran in our group, that he came to me, we got a bunch, a whole bunch of regular image ad campaigns up for him. And the image ad campaigns were kicking butt, taking names, he did a deal really fast. He set a record inside of our group. Someone's beat that record since, but he set a record to do a deal in three weeks and it was a double digit deal profit margin for him, which was awesome. We try to under promise and over deliver, but he came in and he rocked it. He worked really hard and um, got this profit. And then he came back. And he's like, okay, with this big of a profit check, I want to take it and I want to reinvest into marketing and I want to really tear it up. Like I want to get a bunch of deals. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, the next step its gonna take some time, and this is much more challenging than it sounds like, but it's to go to video ads. It's like, okay, let's do it. And I'm like, dude, are you sure? Because video ads, they kind of suck for most people. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, here's the thing. You have to be good on camera. You have to connect with your audience. You've gotta look up at the camera and not down at the camera because when you look down at the camera, then it makes people feel like you're looking down at them like their parents. You gotta have a professional microphone. You gotta have a nice camera. You gotta have the right script. I basically bombard them with all this stuff. And most people, when I do that to them and I just tell them the truth, most people are like, you know what? I'm gonna skip the whole video ad. And I do it intentionally because video ads, they only convert if you're really good on camera, that's it like you've got to connect with people if you don't connect they just skip your video There's so much noise out there and so much competition for people's attention. I don't want people to fail So I, I shoot the straight reality at people like don't do video ads unless you're really prepared for it And You know what Michael said to me? He's like I'm on it. I'm on it, sir I got it. You just give me that script and I'm gonna go get it done And so I lay it on him. I give him the whole thing and I expect like it's going to take them at least a couple of weeks to go buy the microphone and all that kind of stuff and then get back to me. No kidding. The guy gets back to me the next day and says, here you go, coach. Here you go. I got this done. What do you think? And I look at it and I'm like, wow, it's not bad. Like he just did it, did it with a smile and went out there and made it happen. And that's the final reason why I think that our vets Our active duty military men and women, they're so good at being real estate investors. They just, they jump out there with a smile, with optimism and they get this stuff done, okay? So we've covered a lot today and I wanna recap a couple of things so that you can really take this away, okay? Why are military men and women doing so well in real estate investing and so well inside of our program? Well, number one, service is a virtue for them. The sellers can feel that, they know it, they feel it. And if you and I, if folks that aren't active duty or a former vets, if we can learn anything from active duty or former veterans, take that service mindset. Take that service mindset and it's gonna help you in the business a lot, okay? The other thing that we covered is that success is built on habits, not talent. It's not like folks are just born really good at something, they develop that as a habit over time. The active duty and veteran in our program, like they earn this, they earn it through the habits, years of training to make good habits in them to get there, okay? The other thing, last but not least, is this forever optimistic attitude. We can do this, we can get this stuff done. That right there carries them, so even if they get a tough call with the seller or whatever it is, they can get through it because they've got that forever optimistic attitude. All right, so I hope you've enjoyed this one. Next episode, you definitely do not wanna miss. We're gonna be talking about the 17 different ways to make offers so you don't get rejected by sellers. And I know that one sounds like a lot. You gotta hear this one because most people, they go in and they try to do one offer, a lowball cash offer. And guess what? That doesn't serve the seller always. The seller sometimes needs a different option. And we wanna be able to go in there and give multiple different options. So by familiarizing yourself with the 17 different ways to make offers, so you don't get rejected by sellers, you're gonna be a better helper, someone that can actually be counted on by sellers and be better in this real estate business. All right, appreciate having you guys. We'll talk you again soon, thanks. is the